A vague disclaimer is no one's friend. This podcast will look at episodes in relation to Buffy and Angel as a whole, and therefore contains spoilers for the entirety of both series. If you haven't seen all of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the series, go and watch them before you listen to this. Remember, you've been warned. The hardest thing in this world is to live in it. That's why there's us, champions. We live as though the world were as it should be, to show it what it can be. The Earth is definitely doomed. It's Tuesday, so it must be time to return to the Hellmouth. We're going through the Buffyverse episode by episode, and a look back at Joss Whedon's iconic shows. I'm MC, and I'm here with... It is Andy. Hello. And it is David. And I'm Logan. This week, we are talking about Consequences, which is episode 15 of season three, uh, the second part of the Bad Girls two-parter, and it was uh, written by Marty Knoxon and directed by Michael Gershman and originally aired February 16th, 1999. The first thing I have to notice when I was actually putting down the uh, writer and director information is that, wow, this really is not as good as Passion. I thought there was some definitely some pretty shots and some decent it's solid direction. Yeah. I think the writing Mm -hmm. is not I think the writing's not up to par to Gershman's nice visual direction. That might be the the Mm. big part of it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we start out with Buffy having a nightmare about Finch pulling her down in the water, and then when she pops up, then Faith is the one pushing her down. And obviously we usually only get a Buffy dream sequence when it's a prophecy. So I was trying to figure out, is this a prophecy or is this just Buffy's guilt? It could actually be six to one, honestly. Um, But I think personally for me, I think it's her own guilt, which is one of my big problems with this episode. Um. Hmm. I didn't read it as guilt. I definitely read it as like an actual nightmare, nightmare rather than a a, a precognitive nightmare. I, I I didn't read it as guilt. I read it as just nightmare fueled by just the situation she's in. I yeah. One of my large part, like one of my largest issues with this episode, as MC said, is Buffy's guilt. Mm-hmm. Um. On one hand, yeah, I get it. On the other hand, I think her guilt in her sort of how she's sort of complicit in in Finch's murder is compounded by her guilt over how they've not done their best by Faith. Mm. And I think it's a little too late at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we will obviously get into it further as we get into the episode, but I feel like oftentimes when Buffy is talking to Faith, she seems to be getting lost in her own feelings, and she's trying to put her, she's projecting her own feelings onto Faith, and not actually taking the time to think about how Faith feels. I, I think through the episode, she sees faith more clearly than she has in the past but yeah she's definitely a lot of what motivates her in this episode is her own guilt instead of the psychological damage that faith is experiencing there's a a lot of them basically talking to walls and the walls being each other (laughs) 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, I felt like that through a lot of this episode. They're just talking to a wall and you can't talk to a wall. You know what I mean? Like, I just, it was just, it's a weird episode for me. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I just, I think some of the acting doesn't even work. Yeah. Because it is that wall thing, which is set up badly in the writing, not by the actors that are usually so fucking good. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The dialogue just doesn't lend itself to a give and take of of acting. You can see them all really trying to do it, but it's really hard to do that Mm. when you're not given the tools to do it. And so I found that some of the acting was flat. I also found out, found that Buffy's freaking pajamas in that first scene are adorable. They are. So... They're they're not yummy sushi pajamas, but they're not the yummy sushi pajamas, which are the which are the best pajamas, but. Who actually wears pajama sets? Buffy. And Joyce, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, that would make sense. Um, which I do. Yeah. I have a pajama set that says treat yourself. Oh, nice. Because <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't I? Parks and Rec people. Uh, I, Shout out to Donna Meagle. Uh, speaking of Joyce, collect that paycheck, Christine Sutherland, because <laughs> she's just got to stand in there. Uh, but we get, yeah, Buffy finds out who Finch is through uh, Joyce watching a uh, news report. I am a bit bothered by the timeline in this episode, but mm. we can get further into that later. Yeah. Uh, but we get to yeah. the credits, and Wesley wants mm-hmm. Faith and Buffy to investigate the murder of Alan Finch. Wesley wants to stake his claim. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and look oh, at the God. costuming there. Giles has his Giles has no jacket and his vest is unbuttoned. <gasps> I mean, I'm yeah. fine. I'm fine with that. Yes. But you know what I mean? Like they're they're obviously trying to do a, a contrast. Yeah, of course. Yes, there. So with um, Wesley in that very boxy. Mm-hmm. 90s. Oh. oh, yes, it is a very 90s cut. Giles' stuff is a little more classic, even with the tweed. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like English classic, but the boxy suit on Wesley, blah. Wesley looks like someone just told him greed is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Something I must mention, though. So Wesley wants Faith and Buffy to investigate the murder because he thinks that it might involve the supernatural. Um, Wesley's right. Yep. Wesley is completely right because it's freaking Sunnydale. If there's a murder in Sunnydale, it tends to have supernatural. Mm-hmm. I mean, if Buffy and Faith had not been the ones to kill Alan Finch, if some if he had just like if the mayor had killed him or something and Wesley had gone investigate this murder, it would have been, "Hey, the mayor wants to become a big snake." <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> probably that's what we're thinking yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but makes um, sense to me but yeah wesley is right i mean he's doing it for selfish reasons because he wants he, he's right for the wrong reasons yeah. he's yeah yeah and if giles had if giles was the only watcher and he said you know maybe we should check this out even if the girls were trying to cover up they would still take that direction from giles better because yeah. Wesley's not Giles, and so they're not, especially Buffy's not going to listen. She's always going to push back. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, we've got a couple of things here. We've got Wesley trying to, like, force his way into this role he's suddenly been given. And then the girls wanting to stay as far away from this situation as possible. So, but well, yeah, I, I, Faith is all Wesley. for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Faith is like, yeah, let's go investigate. They're both terrible liars. Buffy looks that oh, so hangdog God. and nobody's like, why do you look so guilty right now, dude? Yeah. And Faith is overcompensating. What a mess. Oh, yeah. And then Cordy uh, comes in. Cordy <laughs> oh, does God. come in. Yeah. I do want to know, how old is Wesley supposed to be? Well, I looked it up. Be more than 24. Really? I think Alexis looks his age. He's 32 or 33 at the time of this episode. And he's a gorgeous 30-something. But he, I don't think Wesley's as young as, I don't know. Maybe he's a Maybe he's a few years younger than Wesley. Uh, maybe Wesley's a few years younger than Alexis, but I think he looks about 30, so. I always thought they tried to play him as someone who was very green at this. And not just because I always imagined they tried to put Giles in his 40s-ish somewhere around there, despite what Tony may or may not have, well, definitely was at that time. <laughs> Talking about him like he's fucking immortal. <laughs> Giles, um, he is. <laughs> Giles and I are the same age. Yeah. But so, yeah, I'm, I I always read him as younger, but still obviously like super inappropriate when it comes to. Writing. I was. Oh, yeah. I was thinking that Wesley was like maybe 23, 24. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. I mean, it's still kind of creepy that he's into Cordy, except for the fact that Cordelia looks so much older than she's supposed to be. And by next season, when she's on Angel, they will be giving her that vague 20 something. And they kind of never mention what her age is. Right. She goes into bars and stuff and nobody ever hand waves getting her a fake ID. Mm. And it's, and you can tell it's so much because Eliza's in the scene and Eliza's Mm. like 17 at this point. And looks at Charisma's 29. And it shows so much. The age difference shows so much. I mean, obviously, they also tried to dress Cordelia as looking older and like she could have actually been a teacher just to pull, just to have the joke play properly. But she's always really well put together. So I think it scans. Yeah. And on the subject of her outfit. I was, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't look out of place for Cordelia, but Mm -hmm. also if you like compare what she was wearing in the last episode where it was like the really short skirt and the halter top, it is a bit more teacherly than, than she is dressed primly. Yes. Which is like what struck me. She's wearing that sweater and that incredible pleated skirt, which is very on trend now. I love that skirt so much. This is one of my favorite Cordelia outfits. They're just, they're always a classic. There's nothing that Cordelia wears that I'm like, eh, Maybe a couple things in Angel, but that I'm like, oh my god, that's so early 2000. Like, Cordy is just super classic. It's only when we get into the hairstyles that we can really question her. And that pregnant, that pregnancy reveal outfit. I, I will never forgive her for that one. Oh god, that was terrible. It was. <laughs> it's awful. It's like the worst outfit ever. That, w- that was costumers being like, oh my god, we have to dress a pregnant woman. What are we going to do? <laughs> Dress a pregnant woman like she's a brothel madam. <laughs> Not that you can't have a pregnant brothel madam. I'm just saying. No shade yeah. on brothel madams. I, I love the phrase, book me. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Something I Come use me. quite frequently. 
How many, is this only the second time we've had anybody come in and ask for books? The third, two of them being Cordelia? Because you had Jonathan and yeah. random, random extra asking for some books at mm-hmm. one point. We also had then, um, Owen looking for yeah. Emily Dickinson. Four times. Yeah. In three seasons, that's not that bad. And two of them were Cordelia. Mm-hmm. I am wondering if one of the reasons why Wesley immediately thinks that Cordelia is a teacher because of how disrespectfully <laughs> Cordelia speaks to Giles. <laughs> Truth. Truth. Yeah. I mean, she's a member of the gang now, and she's sort yeah. of a yeah. salty person, and of course she's just like, Giles, give me the thing. Like, she's not... And maybe yeah. maybe he assumes no student would actually come in looking for a book. Mm-hmm. Right, because it doesn't seem like Cordelia's like that with the rest of her teachers, you know? And yeah. this librarian guy to her isn't a librarian. I mean, he has books, and she needs books. But he's also Giles. You he's know? Giles, yeah. He's Giles. Yeah. Young Wesley is apparently Martin Kreef from Gavin Brusher because oh my his, God, I'm your so commander is. now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm the supreme commander of this library. I really I really have to get into Gavin Brusher yes, so you I do. know what all these references yes, you are. Yes, really you do. It's pretty you obscure, really but like, watch the damn, just listen to it. It's just freaking amazing. All, no, I, I was meaning all y'all out in listener land. Just find it and listen to it because it's great. Yeah, you can get through it in like 12 hours, I think. It's, yeah, they're it's not that long. Episodes. They're lovely. Yeah. Uh, it's Benedict Cumberbatch's very best acting role, in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, Wesley's line of, <laughs> your, I'm your commander now, as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh my god, he's Martin Grave. <laughs> <laughs> Everything makes sense now. But Faith takes off, and then Buffy takes off after her, because Buffy really wants Faith to confess. It's really hurting Buffy how badly things are going. (laughs) I don't get if she, does she want her to confess to Giles and Wesley, or to the police? Because that's the stupidest thing ever. She's No, I think she wants her to talk to Giles. Yeah. She she does not want her to talk to Wesley. (laughs) If they had talked to Giles in the first place, he would have been way better at hiding the body. Because that was all fake. Oh, gosh. Like, Giles would have known where to bury the body and he would have done it. You know also, he would have done it. Giles just would have been good to talk to because Giles helped kill several of his friends. As yeah. you do. Again, I think we have that. <laughs> Again, I think we... Well, first and foremost, just put him in one of the many empty graves in Sunnydale cemeteries. Yeah. yeah. No. Many empty graves. I mean, Faith just does a horrible job of disposing of the body. She does. Um, again, we've got that Buffy tone deafness where, and it's a couple of things, where she would have gone to Giles, but that's because she trusts that Giles has her best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. Where would Faith get that idea about anybody in the gang? Again, because they have not done very good by her i will say that i believe in this episode every single person fails faith with the exception of two people angel and surprisingly xander and we Mm. will get into that later oh boy will we get into that later and i will only give you xander on that okay we will we will get there Mm. but yeah buffy it it all seems to be concentrated on Buffy's guilt in the situation, and Faith should be feeling what Buffy is feeling. And in, instead of trying to get Faith into Buffy's shoes, Buffy needs to be in <clears throat> Faith's shoes, because mm-hmm. Faith is mm-hmm. the one who actually did this. 
As much, I know we're expecting a lot of these teenagers being like crisis counselors, but still. <laughs> and as much as I love Buffy, like she is beloved to me, this is not, this is in character with Buffy. She yeah. often does this throughout the series. She gets kind of blind to everything else but her immediate crisis. That's why she leaves at the end of season two. That's why, I mean, there are many reasons, and I would have left too, but she gets a little blind to things, and you'll see it throughout the series. We could also take this episode and compare it to Dead Things when Buffy believes she's killed Katrina. She's immediately going to turn herself into the police for it. So mm. Buffy kind of, she's already kind of been in this mindset. Maybe she's also planning to do it because of all of her despair we will get there eventually but buffy definitely is pushing faith in a way that yeah yeah they should talk to giles that is the one person that they should talk to because giles would understand maybe because uh, we'll get into more of giles later <laughs> and i totally see where faith is coming from and she's totally let down by everyone but she does really push it buffy for the secrecy you know and there's a lot there's a little bit of bullying and they're like buffy you can't mm -hmm. do this it'll you know um so it's feeding into itself but yeah but buffy just uh, yeah i love her but yeah but faith leaves and so Buffy ends up going to Willow, and I gotta say, Willow's hair is in a super super cute phase. It really is. I love Willow's hair in this episode. And I don't usually like pay that much attention to this stuff, but she looks great. We love when you do pay attention to it. <laughs> I know, I know. No, it's just beautiful hair. No, her hair in this episode is just great. I, I love it. It's, it's Yeah, I mean I liked it when she first cut it, but sometimes like when you first get a haircut you need to let it grow out a little bit to like get super cute and i do think mm -hmm. for the rest of this season willow's got a really cute hair going on and it's so shiny <laughs> and it just falls and the i mean obviously hairdresser but you know what i mean it's just but it's casually lovely i yeah it's good hair <laughs> and we do didn't last episode didn't someone Ask why Willow wasn't working with Michael to try to derail. Yes, him. yes, yeah. She certainly yes, is. She is. It's yes. just we don't get to see and him ever again. <laughs> no, but he gets mentioned. He so mentioned. that's something. And she is still yeah. at this point trying to. We were just like, well, that's the last time you'll talk about Willow. We were slightly flawed in our logic. Yeah. There, but we don't hear about it much. So, no. ever again. <laughs> and then there's a lot of passive aggressive tension there. There is a lot of passive aggressive tension because nobody wants to talk to each other about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we get Angel lurking, which is what Angel does best. Yeah. And yeah, I'm confused <laughs> about the timeline because uh, this is, it was supposed to be the mm. night before that all of this happened. Like, I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm sure Faith was panicking and maybe didn't weigh the body too well, but usually yeah. when you dump a body it it does take a couple of days to like resurface yeah and if someone's missing they don't start dragging the what you know like i mean i'm sure it just floated up to the top and some boat person saw it some fisher person but mm -hmm. yeah no I, i'm just convinced that faith did just a spectacularly bad job of weighing the body down and, and just how quick and i don't really get how quickly they, they were able to find the actual murder site 
that that kind of doesn't. Mm. I mean, like, let's face it. There's a lot of blood in Sunnydale. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the cops are generally like really not very on the ball. So, mm-hmm. well, I think part of that might be the mayor kind of covering things up, makes things mm-hmm. them not. Yeah, but mm-hmm. also like the woman heard a man scream and. Alan Finch didn't scream at all, like, so I'm wondering if it's one of those situations where the eyewitness account is like she heard some other dude screaming <laughs> as he got murdered by a vampire, or maybe yeah. a Probably. vampire screaming as he got taken out by Buffy or Faith. Maybe mm-hmm. they heard Balthazar bitching about his amulet, <laughs> or some guy just wandering around screaming. It's Sunnydale. Who knows? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I know why they made it the night before so that they could, you know, have it like the immediate aftermath of all of this. But mm-hmm. it it just yeah. doesn't feel like enough time has passed for this investigation or even for the way Buffy and Faith are feeling. I feel like mm-hmm. that it, it feels yeah. like it's festered a little more than just a day. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe that scene was yeah. added a bit I, later and they didn't really think yeah I have some feelings through. about the whole Buffy versus Faith on the whole situation so um, I have some feelings on that <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, and we get the mayor shredding documents and getting no joy out of it I know it usually yeah. gives him a lift <laughs> shredding is really fun honestly it depends mm-hmm. on how much you're doing that's true that is true <laughs> yeah but this is also the return of the Velvet Blazer. God, it's so good. I know. It's such a good It's blazer. so Mahershala Ali from when he won his Oscar. I know this is, you know, happened before that, but like, girl, I love that damn blazer. It's so smooth. Yeah, we, we, we've got to soak in all of the Mr. Trick we can get right now. Yes. I mean, and the rest, yep. of, this yes. rest of the scene is basically just some more exposition. There is a lot of exposition in this. Please. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, these two, this two-parter is so transitional that it's just, let's, things have to happen and people need to talk about what's happening. <laughs> but not in a healthy way. Yes. So, <laughs> so that we can get to where we are for the rest of the we're, season. We're mid-season. Nobody's talking about anything in a healthy way. Oh, <laughs> Wait, yeah. but it all, yeah. Keep going. Yeah. But I do love the mayor's folksy charm with how evil he is. Like, Mm-hmm. It's it's just it's always great, and I always really did love the contrast with him and Trick. Like I'm going to be super sad at the end of this episode because I love yeah like this time through especially. I mean I've always really liked him, but I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're a really good double act. They really work well together. Yeah, it might have been interesting if they had kept Mr. Trick around and actually had Faith and Mr. Trick have to interact with each other. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Oh, I never thought that, though. I'm sad. Because <laughs> we never got it. That would have been so good. Mm-hmm. So then we get to the girls investigating Finch and Buffy trying to get Faith to share her feels. Mm. <laughs> good luck with that. Seriously, Buffy's really bad at this. Uh, but I mean, granted, Buffy's 18 and she's got a lot of her own shit. So I will acknowledge that, that her being good at this would actually be fucking amazing. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently that is not one of the Slayer skills. No, nope. it is not. 
No. Well, you get some Detective Buffy in here, which is always yes. Nice to see. And yes, she's very right. Uh, de- uh, Deputy Mayor not having any files is really fucking conspicuous. I love yep. it when my my Buffy is a detective. Yes. Although, although that they would remove the files from his office and put them somewhere secure now that he's been murdered is not that odd an idea. Fair enough. I mean, we know they're getting shredded, but... Yes. <laughs> Buffy's like, this, you know, this is weird. This is something we can look into. And then, like, five seconds later, she sues the mayor with tricks. So I think it's the two yeah. things together oh, rather yeah. than just the one thing. And Faith looking at the picture of Finch and... Which is, like, the main... God. Other than finding out that the mayor is working with trick. That's the big part of... Because we know, no matter what Faith is saying, Faith is feeling all of the feels. Mm-hmm. She is. She is. And at this point, it's so... God, Wesley has such a history of fucking things up at the wrong moment that it just bums me out because you know, you know that if she could talk to Giles, if 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 she could come back from this, and she does ultimately, obviously. Mm. But oh, I get so frustrated with this episode. <laughs> so I'm like, it's right there. Yeah. Just she just needs the right person to talk to. And they see that Trick and the mayor are working together, but they don't really know what's do with that information especially with all the other mm. shit they're dealing with so they go their separate ways and get freaking interrogated by this uh police officer who is obviously on the take of the mayor and yep. oh, yeah. knows what's going on but it's not like buffy is helping matters at all because she is acting so fucking guilty oh yeah mm-hmm. oh and also they didn't get their stories straight they beforehand did not. It's like, Faith is really bad at this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think she was all right. She, she, she's the one who wants to cover this all up. And it's like, yeah, but you're you're doing a really crap job of it. I will say that this is probably the most competent police officer we get in Sunnydale. There is that. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's not bumbling over his own feet and trying to shoot children on sight. Mm-hmm. He's actually... I mean, and he's doing that manipulative well, playing things off and trying to get stories straight, but he's, you know, it's a professional. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. <clears throat> well, we don't know. He may, he may like shooting children in his spare time. It's... Yeah, you know, but not professionally. Know. Oh, yeah, good point. I would like to know, was Joyce in there when Buffy was being interrogated? Like, obviously, Buffy is 18, so she doesn't need... And I mean... I, I, think, sh- I think she was... I thought it was another Christine earns her paycheck moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yes, it was. But I kind of gotten the impression that Joyce was supposed to be in the room at the time. Just just from the way things were set up. Because obviously Buffy's not being spoken to as she's a person of interest. She's not actually like a <clears throat> suspect at that moment. But uh, mm. the second that uh, it was mentioned that... Uh, Finch was stabbed with, you know, a wooden pointy thing. Shouldn't Joyce have been like, Buffy, can we have a private talk? Mm hmm. Yeah. Well, and also, even if Joyce isn't in the room, Buffy just turned 18, right? Yeah. So it's not mandatory for the Joyce to be in the room with the cop. If she is yeah. still 17, it would have been, you would have had mm-hmm. to have that parent in the room. Yeah. Or another adult person or a you know mm-hmm. 
whatever. But like, I think she's around there and I think she probably heard, but. Shouldn't Joyce, even if Joyce doesn't overhear and hear the suggestion that a slayer is the one that killed it, shouldn't Joyce be like, hey, Buffy, why did the police come here? Yeah. (laughs) Again. Doyle's perspective is that because there's some pretty shitty writing in this episode or there's a missing scene. Mm. This is literally just Christine Sutherland stands around and is useless. And I don't mean useless as Joyce. I mean, just like the character is useless, not needed. I mean, it's very extraneous. Mm -hmm. So I think it's just piss poor writing from a Watsonian perspective. I'm like, yeah, why the fuck can Joyce and Buffy talk about it? But after yeah. the horrible, horrible cross-examination or whatever, the poking holes in the girls' stories, then Buffy sneaks out to go see Willow. And yeah, I do have a problem with Buffy sneaking out to see Willow if she, the police have just, you know, come to talk to her and she's obviously a person of interest, but... Do we, do we know she snuck out? I feel like there was an implication she, she was... She definitely snuck in. That's true. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. I'm mistaking it for, that she did sneak into Willow's room. And, mm-hmm. like, this is the most honest moment that happens in this episode, I think, where Buffy mm-hmm. and Willow are talking together. And Willow's hair still looks great. It does. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. And, you know, I don't think Willow's wrong in expressing her feelings. And she does get a little... Mm-hmm. Not blaming, not accusatory. She just... But her her tone level, like acting wise, her tone level is not super heightened. She's not yelling. She's just expressing in the best way she knows how. And I don't love that she turns around and blames herself when Buffy starts crying and saying, "I'm bad." That's I, I mean, like I, that's that. a Willow I, thing. I don't it like is, it, but, but I I, just, I, I buy it completely. Oh, I totally buy it. I just hate seeing people with that kind yeah. of self esteem badness of like. <laughs> oh, 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 I'm bad. I'm the bad. You know. Like, yeah. I, oh, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I should turn off the video then. Um, but oh no, I do the exact <laughs> same thing Willow does, and so that's probably yeah. why it's a pet peeve of mine because I do the exact yeah. same thing. So mm-hmm. it's more of just yeah. like a personal. But you know, I think it's a lovely conversation between mm-hmm. them, and yeah, it does show the love and support that they feel for each other. And and you know, I'm it is the most emotionally honest scene in this entire episode of totally emotionally dishonest shit yeah and i'm glad this breaks this couple of episodes worth of willow and buffy not communicating yeah in in like really just blunt in just like blunt scenes that are just there to sit there and stare at you it's just yeah at least now they're talking again i'm really glad that's over i don't think the scooby gang has really learned yet that they're stronger together than they are apart which they will definitely Mm. learn more later on i mean we will see moments of them not talking things out with each other season six (laughs) but (laughs) but yeah like this type of thing it's buffy would not have gone to giles in the next scene if it were not for talking with willow which mm-hmm. I think brings us to the next scene where Buffy goes to Giles. Oh, I want to say something about the framing, the actual physical framing of the shot. Because, I mean, Tony, I looked it up. Tony's 6'1", so he's not a tiny person. Sarah's about 5'4", but the way they frame that shot, it's very... And they don't usually call so much attention to the difference, and Buffy looks so 
tiny compared to Tony's sort of, and it's just, re- I, I just, I thought it was like an interesting mm-hmm. composition of the, the scene because it's showing distance and not allyship, which is going to get flipped on its head in just a second, but v- visually it's really interesting. So Michael Gershman, you know, that's why yeah. I say there's some beautiful framing and shot stuff in this episode. Yeah, no, that really works. Yeah. And the lighting design in this particular scene is also quite good because the rest of the library is so dim mm-hmm. and so dark. The only light is coming from Giles's office, which is mm-hmm. not subtle as far as things go, mm-hmm. but it looked mm-hmm. really nice. And I want to know, if Giles is theoretically not doing watchery stuff anymore, why is he at the library this late? Because he's still a watcher. Because he's still a watcher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All my stuff is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We will certainly get into it further later when we actually have Wesley, like, get into things. But they almost Mm. kind of treat things like Giles is still Buffy's watcher and Wesley is Faith's watcher. And that's kind of something that's going to carry through the entire rest of the series, both this and Angel. And I almost feel like this is kind of the first sign of it. I think that this scene also says that Giles is super good at lying. Good. Glad somebody is. No surprise <laughs> there, really. <laughs> when he act, he and Buffy actually go back into the office and are having a conversation about what happened. Um, fuck you, Buffy, for calling it a murder. It is not a murder. Mm-hmm. I actually noted earlier that the uh, the mayor uh, said something about getting the slayer the slayers on murder one, and I was thinking, wait, he thinks it was premeditated. Yep. That's manslaughter. It's manslaughter. I mean, the mayor could definitely mess yeah. with the DA's office and all that yeah. stuff and make it murder one. Like, yeah. it's not like I, the I th- mayor can't plant evidence that it was oh, premeditated. Yeah. The, the, I think the writers are just being sloppy in this episode Again, yeah. overall about, mm-hmm. about the murder issue. <laughs> it's because they so desperately want to call it murder. They desperately mm-hmm. want Faith to be a murderer. They want her to oh, be yeah. a murderer mm-hmm. instead of... Mm-hmm. We know that Buffy has killed humans. We know she's been, ac- and she's accidentally. Well, with, with the Germans, that was not accidental. Gwendolyn Poe, she no. didn't know she was going to die. She just thought yeah. mm-hmm. to get the glove off her, yep. she had to cut off her hand and, you know, to frame and the lightning. But, I mean, there's definitely. There was also the zookeeper in the pack. Mm-hmm. Knocking him into the hyena cage. Yeah. Getting him devoured. But if we go to Wikipedia and actually look up the definition of... I I just went to Wikipedia because it was the first thing that popped up on Google. But it says, murder is the unlawful killing of another human being without justification or valid excuse, especially the unlawful killing of another human being with malice forethought. And a good lawyer could argue on their part that it was self-defense. Yeah. Two young girls in an alleyway and some dude... Mm-hmm. Like, they don't know? I don't think there are good lawyers in Sunnydale. <laughs> no. Yeah. And, I mean, even taking it outside of the legal perspective, because mm. obviously they couldn't use the... They were killing vampires at the time, because there's... You know. <clears throat> what, that's not a valid defense? <laughs> but they were killing vampires at the time. They were defending themselves against vampires, and Alan Finch jumped mm-hmm. out and grabbed Buffy. Mm-hmm. So they had... Faith had every reason to believe that this was another vampire. Buffy says she thought it was a vampire. There's no problem here. The only issue is the way everybody reacted. Yeah. And that Faith was automatically guilty and that Faith was automatically in the wrong. Well, 
I wouldn't say there's not an issue. I mean, Faith did kill kill oh, a totally. person. I mean, that that that's a problem. Faith killed that a person. That is a problem. It's a problem. It's not. But but the the way they're assigning blame is is problematic. Well, I mean, if Giles even says that the Watchers Council has protocol for this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. it gets so overblown that their protocol now is to take Faith to England, but like, you know, Giles flat out says, Buffy, accidents happen and things happen. And I suspect a good watcher, which Giles is, would, ju- would really honestly cover it up, but then yeah. deal with his slayer. Yeah. You know, if this is Buffy that mm-hmm. had actually accidentally stabbed Alan, Giles would have taken care of it and he would have mm-hmm. counseled Buffy through it and they would, yep. he wouldn't have called her a murderer. I mean, you know, it. Right. Yeah. Interestingly, earlier when Faith and Buffy are in the street and talking, when they're talking about it, it's like, you know, you killed the guy, Faith, and Faith Faith says, it happens. Which yeah. is interesting, given that now, later, like, Giles is saying, yeah, this happens. And Buffy, but Buffy has no concept that this may have happened before in the entire history of the Slayers. Buffy's still got a very, very black and white idea of what mm-hmm. right and wrong is when it applies to other people. When it comes to her, as Faith points out. Well, I mean, and I, I, you know, and I, Giles doesn't come off as blaming Faith. He taught, he doesn't mm. talk about the action. He no. talks about her mental state and that she is unbalanced mm-hmm. because of this accidental stabbing and the accidental killing of Alan. He never says Faith is a, ba- he doesn't say mm. in the scene, Faith is a bad person. He says she's no. unbalanced. Mm. We got to figure out some way. You know, so Giles, Mm -hmm. Giles fucks up when it comes to faith. And we've said this before, but in this situation, he's the only one that's, well, he's looking at as a full grown adult and not myopic 18 year old. Though Mm -hmm. I think sending faith away might not have been a great thing. Like he obviously does need to talk to Buffy, but I think mm. rather than sending Faith off on her merry way to like take care of herself and then kind of everything that happens afterwards oh, is a mistake mm. on Giles's part. I, I, mm. Yes, he does. I mean, he doesn't do an actual verbal blaming because Giles's major, not flaw, but major thing is that he sends her away, of course, because he wants to deal with Buffy. He wants to deal with his child and comfort his child. And so he fucks over mm-hmm. another child in the process. <laughs> Yeah, but that is the big problem because if we think about it, Giles is supposed to be, or up until the time he was fired, he was supposed to be Faith's watcher mm-hmm. as much as he was, he was supposed to be Buffy's. But so right. the, I'm going to actually, I've never said this before, but the council actually has a point. He is too close to Buffy to act as a watcher. He is not acting responsibly for both his slayers. He is he is prioritizing one of them over the other. Yeah, in that sense, yeah, that that is correct. I don't disagree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I do want to know why just anybody off the streets can walk the school in the middle of the night. I, I I've been wondering how why Faith can walk this walk the halls during the day. <laughs> during the day, I'm not so bothered by it because Faith just looks like a random student and i think that it could be mm-hmm. just easy to miss and certainly she's not there that much because of faith's you know quote well, unquote yeah. walkabouts yeah. but this is a grown-ass man who has absolutely no affiliation with the school 
just walking in in the dead of night. <laughs> uh, maybe uh, Giles got him a master key. Would Giles really do that for Wesley? Yeah. No. No. Maybe Wesley got Wesley a master key. <laughs> <laughs> Does no. The, does the Watchers Council actually finance Sunnydale High, and that's how Childs was able to get the job in the first place? Maybe. I think there was some machination by the council to get Giles the job in the first place. I we don't talk about it. Oh yeah. Explicitly, oh, but I always thought that was sort of implicit that he. I mean, he was a curator at the British Museum, mm-hmm. and now he's a librarian. Question: Is is anyone except Buffy actually surprised that Faith pins this on her? No. <laughs> no. And but interest but interesting because we were talking in earlier about how, you know, Buffy is trying to put faith in her shoes when like she needs to be in Faith's shoes. It's I I it hit me that that's literally what Faith just did. Yeah. She put Buffy in her shoes. Which illustrates as MC was saying how differently they're treated. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. No, well, that's the thing. You know, we say, like, that's the problem here. And the thing is, it's always been the problem, is that everyone treats Faith differently than they treat Buffy. Because, I mean, we will see later on this season that Faith is actually fairly good at lying. She will be able to work for the mayor for several episodes. So I'm yeah. actually wondering, Giles says that she's not very gifted with lying, but is it that Faith isn't very good at lying, or is it just that Giles couldn't believe that Buffy would do that and not tell him. Or maybe the mayor gives her lying lessons. I mean, at this point, since, (laughs) and we're like, the time frame is weird and we know that, but at this point, Faith is just in fight mode, right? She's never come Mm. down from fight mode. Oh, yeah. You know, and so she's just in this amped up, and when you get your adrenaline like that, and it spikes that many times, it really can do some internal, you know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. Faith is just absolutely just reacting through this whole episode. So Wesley finds out and contacts the council and is asked to spell the word monkey, which makes me think that somebody on the council is a big Mike Nesmith fan. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's just you projecting. We can, we can only hope. Well, why do you think I picked Mike Nesmith? <laughs> I know. You love Mike. I do. But it's a very quick scene, though it should be mentioned that when Wesley is dialing the phone, he is actually dialing a UK number. Yeah, I was wondering that. I was like, that looks like you're probably dialing something resembling y'all don't. If you would have paid that much of attention, that much attention to the characterization in this episode and the timeline, fine. But that's a weird thing to get um, picky about <laughs> at this I'm game. wondering if it was possibly an Alexis thing, because maybe they didn't you know, tell him what numbers to dial, and Alexis did study in the UK, if yeah. I remember correctly, so maybe yes. he's like, I'm supposed to be dialing in the UK, I'm gonna dial the UK. Mm-hmm. That makes so much more sense. Oh, that's why yeah. Alexis's accent is pretty spot on, too. Mm-hmm. I always find it weird when I see Alexis and other stuff, and... His um his natural accent is really It sounds so fake. Well, and it's nasally, like it's more nasally quality. Like it's we it's weird. Yeah, it does sound really, 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 really fake when it's not. So Okay, so it was it's a quick scene with Wesley and they move on to the group talking about faith, and this is no. where I turn truly against Giles, because why do we need to make this a group thing? As far as Giles is concerned, he is still the Watcher. He doesn't care about the Watcher's Council. And 
he already as soon as xander offers to speak to faith then he dismisses xander's arguably you're the one who's had the least interaction with her well the one who's had the most interaction with her buffy is not fit to talk to her because she's tr she's tried willow has had almost n no in like i would actually say out of all of them willow has had the least interaction with faith and Z so it's like giles is the most appropriate to deal with this situation especially since as i said earlier he done murdered somebody before and i actually think giles is a bit closer to murder that because there was mm -hmm. i mean it was an accident but certainly it was a bit more malicious so mm. giles should be the one to talk to her but no he's like no let's talk in a com let's leave faith stewing overnight and then sometime in the afternoon let's all talk about her behind her mm. back and figure out who should talk to her and yeah i so i find it admirable that willow you can see her face and you can see the like getting it before everybody else does with the xander having had sex with faith mm -hmm. and she does go cry in the bathroom yeah. but i think she doesn't make it an issue within the group and she goes mm -hmm. and has her cry in the bathroom which i think is less about wanting to be with xander than like letting go and and letting herself feel that mm -hmm. hurt and it sucks that you're crying alone in a bathroom because that always sucks but i think she actually mm -hmm. handled it okay there and it's okay to have an immediate emotional reaction and go cry about it by yourself and not make it a big deal for the group. I was okay with that just because this is kind of the last moment of Willow and Xanderness we will ever get in the show other than a little bit of vamp Willow in the next episode. But mm -hmm. Willow's actions in this episode kind of... It's like when you see that your ex... You see on Facebook that your ex is getting married. It's like you have no mm -hmm. desire to be with them. But still, the fact that they're getting married kind of stings. It's sort of like she's crying over what could have been. It doesn't make her any less in love with Oz. It doesn't make her any more attracted mm -hmm. to Xander because that's done for. But sometimes, you know, when you're a kid, you have an idea and it's often a complete fiction of how your life is going to go. And especially speaking from, a, you know, experience, when you're in love with your childhood best friend, you think, okay, eventually... This is how my life is going to go. So, yeah, mm -hmm. I think, Andy, you're right. This She's letting go of... And I think she's mm -hmm. also reacting to it being faith. I think if she had found out that yeah. Cordy and Xander had had sex, she would have been a little... Yes. She would have been like, okay, oh, that's expected. Mm -hmm. They dated for a long time. I, You know... She would have snarked on it rather than... She would have snarked on it cried. instead of going and crying because she's finally opened up to Buffy and that actually only emotionally on a scene... Well, this is pretty emotionally honest, but mm -hmm. about her sort of feeling that Faith is taking over and she's the cool one and all those willow insecurities. So it's also that it's also that Faith thing as well as the Xander thing. And, it, and it's complex. And I think she deals with it in the best way that she mm -hmm. can in the moment without making it a big deal for whatever mission they're on. But yeah, this scene, I really think shows how doomed Faith is. Because they've all gone to decide who is the best person to talk to Faith. And Giles never offers himself up to do it. Buffy can't do it because of mm -hmm. her 
conflicted relationship with her. Willow doesn't offer. Xander does and is a, he thinks that he is the best choice because of his brief sexual relationship with Vanth. So basically <laughs> it's again yeah. Faith is all about being sexualized. Mm -hmm. And I think in Xander's case he's really not talked himself into but for him this is the first person he ever has sex with. So he thinks and I don't think Xander I mean, Xander never is seen going out and just having random sex. It's always within his relationships, right? Pretty much. Yeah. And so I think mm -hmm. he thinks in that moment that this that it was meaningful because it was meaningful for him. On the show, Xander only has two sexual partners, Faith and Anya. And Anya, he went all of the way to they had a wedding. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. he was always incredible. Incredibly serious in his relationships. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. For sure. And I get, yeah, this is the, one of the only episodes where I'm like, oh my God, I, this is the Xander I like. And when we get glimpses of him, he makes a mm -hmm. bad choice, but he makes a bad choice out of good intention. It's kind of, what's the word I want to use? I don't know how to describe, it, but it's like Xander still believes that like sex and and like a meaningful connection actually have something to do with each other. Sex and love are connected. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. And whereas faith for reasons that are, you know, I don't think are ever explored fully. Thank God in, for that. In the series. Oh, well, yeah. But for her, sex is essentially a tool. Yeah, she weaponizes it her sexuality a lot because I think mm -hmm. her sexuality and the sexualization of her have yeah. obviously been forced upon her. Exactly. I actually <sighs> have a note in here. There's been kind of hints at it before, but I think in this episode she does uh, make mention of, you know, it's always just like, I just want to stay over. I just want to hold you. Faith has 100% been assaulted before. Yeah. yeah I can see yeah. that. Yeah. But, okay, I mean... Andy said that I had disagree face before. It was not disagree face. It was we have to move on to the scene yeah. face. And that's oh. Xander going to visit Faith. Though I have to <sighs> say, and like like Andy said, this is the Xander I like. I think the way Xander is speaking to Faith is actually very much the Xander giving the really great friendship speech. He is really trying to reach out to her. I think he makes a couple of mistakes, like bringing up court. It's kind of a spooky thing. If he had left that out, maybe he would have gotten further with her. This is Xander being insightful. He knows the way to approach it is to show her that he understands. And hopefully, maybe what he was trying to get at was through him, everyone else understands. That she isn't a monster. She isn't a murderer. She didn't do this intentionally, and it's not her fault. He tries to absolve her. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he does it in such a 17, 18-year-old boy way because he doesn't understand Faith the way he thinks he does. But it is still Xander at his best mm -hmm. when he... he I think there is... She makes a good point. There is maybe a little bit part of him that would relish the idea of, you know, standing up and being the hero, but ultimately... He's doing this selflessly, yes. which we don't get to say very often about Sander. It's mm -hmm. so nice. 
Well, I think yeah. that's the thing that we obviously do say shut up Xander a lot. And we love to point out all of the times when Xander is flawed. But we don't want to hate Xander. We really don't. We want to no. love him. Right, because then you have these Xander. moments. And, and you will have more moments like this. And man, Xander is just a ball of toxic masculinity until he's not. Until he finds his way out of mm-hmm. that and actually understands empathy and being a human being and just... Mm-hmm. I want to love Xander because I love Nikki's performance of Xander so freaking much. And when he goes mm-hmm. to that vulnerable place and when he's written correctly, because a lot of Xander shut up bullshit is is the writer's freaking bad bullshit because they think it's funny. They think Xander's stuff mm-hmm. is funny and they write it that mm-hmm. way. And it, it's so off the mark that when you do get that lovely, vulnerable, well-written and well acted by Nikki Xander, you're like, oh my God, there you are. There's the person you're supposed to be. And this is the person the writers think you are all the time, but they're wrong. I mean, I, I, I probably said this before, but I think the way I see Xander is that he almost always means well at heart, but he's so ill-equipped to do what he's trying to do in so many cases that it just goes horribly wrong and he just falls into this trap of his his upbringing his culture his himness his white knight complex and his white knight, I yeah I his his issues what essentially doing here i really don't <laughs> no no this is this is this this in this instance i think this is all very much legitimate trying to be trying to be a friend Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, I, I, I mean, I made, I took a note, and it's, I, it's like, I don't, I don't disagree with anything Xander says. He's not wrong about any of it. He just doesn't really know how to get through to faith. And to be fair, not sure anyone else does at this point either. Xander's at his best when he's being vulnerable, and after what Buffy said to him, he understands his place in Faith's life, but he's still approaching her with a sense of vulnerability because he understands that she's probably feeling vulnerable as well. So I think one of the few times on this podcast, I'll say, keep talking, Xander. Oh, But he will not be able to keep talking because... <laughs> no, it's hard to do when you can't breathe. Yeah. yeah. I actually do think that, I mean, not even talking about their connection, but Xander talking to her in this moment is kind of better than anybody else has talked to faith in this episode so far and i think after but so i do think in a way that xander probably is the best person to talk to her it's just things go so so badly um and yeah uh we have to talk about the sexual assault because it is yes this is flat out sexual assault Mm -hmm. it is and this is something that and this is the first time I think that it's really come up in the show, but it's certainly not the last time. I have seen so many people write think pieces about Joss Whedon and how he's his terrible feminism and all of the women that he has sexually assaulted and raped. But this is just the first time that a man is sexually assaulted, which actually does happen a lot. It happens, I think, as much as women are sexually assaulted. It's just, it's never 
pointed out as this is a sexual assault because it was the late 90s early 2000s and we were still at a point where people were like dudes can't be sexually assaulted yeah i mean and it's gonna happen and i remember more of the male sexual assault in this show i mean there's obvious the big one that's going to come in season six that we're all going to remember and there's been a lot of danger around that right for women but flat out most of the egregious sexual assaults happen to men and they're hand waved away. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not saying all of them. Oh, in the in the in show the, yeah. itself. I mean, yeah, Zan- yeah. Xander, because this is it's, full on. Yeah, and it's by Faith, and this is not the last time Faith will commit an act of sexual assault against a man in the show. Riley in yeah. in in, in mm-hmm. season four. Um, for those of you who were sitting at home going, what? Which we will um, talk about we will those two episodes yeah. because, oh my God, I have such issue with the way that's handled. Oh God. Mm-hmm. And I you know, and I don't, I, there's nothing that justifies this. There's never anything that justifies it. But you see that thing with people that have been abused, turning it back around. And faith at this point is all about asserting power and control which is what assault is about but Mm -hmm. it's faith sexuality and the way she uses it and the way she's been sexualized it's the only thing that she feels gives her agency even though it obviously really doesn't so again no excuse for this and i think she would have maybe killed him if angel hadn't shown up i mean oh yeah oh absolutely yeah there is no question no question in my mind at all so here is the strange thing. Faith does some terrible things in this episode, and she will do terrible things in coming episodes. I still don't dislike Faith. I hate using the word damaged when it comes to any person. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like a word that I hate. Oh, my, my ex-girlfriend, mm. she's just so damaged I couldn't deal with her. I'm like, well, you know. But in this case, Faith mm. isn't damaged. She has been damaged by other people and has not learned to process that trauma yet. She mm. is a terribly abused child. Yeah. yeah. And it is, it's not uncommon at all for children who have experienced repeated abuse to turn that abuse on other people. It doesn't make it okay, but it is explaining why it's happening. It's, it's, an, it's a reason, not an excuse. It's an explanation, not yes. an excuse. And at this point, her mental state really is very dissociated. You oh, know, yeah. the way she's... Yeah. Um, you know, and so it's just like, again, there is no excuse, but I'm so conflicted about the scene because there's understanding and I hate, I'm just conflicted, but mm-hmm. I yeah. feel so bad for Xander in these moments that I just want to take, I want to give him counseling. Do, do you wish you could send back that social work degree, Andy? <laughs> I don't want it. It makes me feel weird. <laughs> it's, and, and, you know, I, I, I think it's interesting. I mean, it's like, we're not going to explore it fully here because someone probably needs to write an entire paper on this, but it's really interesting how so many of her actions at this point are fitting in with her total commitment to the idea that being the slayer gives you complete freedom to do anything you want. She's like, like she can, she can sexually assault Xander. She can strangle Xander. She can do whatever she is. She said it earlier in the episode. She, oh yeah, slayers, we are exactly. The law. Well, yeah. in, in that earlier conversation, you see the 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 division. It's an interest. It's an interesting contrast because Faith looks at being the slayer as the power to essentially decide your fate universally. 
you you can do whatever you want and that's whereas buffy sees being the slayer and this is somewhat simplistic but buffy sees being the slayer as a responsibility not freedom in that conversation at least i mean obviously i'm sure we can find examples where buffy has other ways of looking at these things but but in that conversation it's that's the contrast absolutely i i also will say that i think breaking it down on a meta level from all of us we have a greater understanding of what fate's internal motivations are than the writers ever did like part of this treatment Mm -hmm. of faith is her treatment by the writers and the writers being really tone deaf about what is actually making Mm -hmm. faith tick and where her life is and what her background comes we find in the comic that her dad and mom were awful people her dad especially and Mm -hmm. so we can definitely see motivations and psychology and social and all those things but the writers are treating her as this weird sexualized villain with not any mm-hmm. forethought to it. And so that's what makes me so mad sometimes about the treatment of Faith. I think the problem with Faith is actually, with the writers, is actually the same problem with Faith in, in Universe. It's never about Faith. It's always about Buffy. They're not interested in Faith so much as a character as they are interested in Faith as a mirror to Buffy. Yeah. So they set her up as a dark, sexualized character, which is something that they've never really done with Buffy. Mm. I mean, certainly it will be done more later on. Yeah. But at this point, they actually... Well, when they first introduced her, they thought they were going to kill her at the end of the last episode. And I think... In this season, they originally thought, maybe we'll kill Faith at the end of the season. So they never really invested in her. And I think we will get much more character development from Faith once we get her over onto Angel. When we are more looking at these characters that are shades of grey and characters who have done bad things and are trying to come back from it. Here, everything is about Buffy. And it is just yeah. about setting up Faith as this dark mirror to her. Yeah, I think I think in the interview that accompanies this episode on the DVD, I think it's Doug, Doug Petrie actually refers to Faith as Buffy's evil twin. She's not a character to them. She's an object to move along some plot. She's, She's a, a device. device. And that, that's no knockout, because I think Eliza yeah. elevates oh. far oh, yeah, definitely. What yeah. the writers meant for faith, and again with the writing, I mean, I'm I'm probably beginning to sound like a broken record because I know I've said this many times before. These this episode in particular, uh, a little bit bad girls as well, but this one really is. It's another episode that's putting things where they have to be for things to continue. Oh yeah, and as a result, the episode is not as well written as it should be so the assault on xander is ended very abruptly by a baseball bat yay we're happy to see angel yay yeah (laughs) what i find interesting about angel's appearance is buffy's motivation in enlisting him i think after the conversation with the scoob she realized that nobody giles wasn't going to let anybody do anything and she realized that she was not going to be the person to get through to faith does so does she enlist him? She gets <laughs> yeah, for sure. Angel does she enlist? Angel? Yes, she does. Yeah, that's, that's how I why read they it. have that. Yeah, they have I didn't. Conversation yeah. in the courtyard 
Where she's pretending she's not. There. I read that as I read that as Angel taking initiative and then contacting Buffy and having her be there when he talked to Faith. I did not see it as her enlisting her enlisting him as as a an actual participant in this. I always read it as 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 Buffy being like, okay, well they're not going to do anything, and mm-hmm. I'm not the person to do this. Maybe this man who who understands what it's like mm-hmm. to live with yeah. In in a way more malicious way. Yeah. Live with mm-hmm. his ghosts. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Okay. I love the Angel and Faith relationship, and this is kind of the first time we really mm-hmm. see them start to develop that relationship. Uh, Angel tries so hard. Um, mm-hmm. I do have to point out safety words are never for Wiss's Faith. No. Safe, sane, oh, and consensual. Yes. Safe, sane, and consensual. Always. And does anyone use the term safety words? Oh, oh yeah. Rather than safe words? Uh, yeah, but b- I think you can use both. Okay, I, I, I honestly don't know. That's why I'm I've asking. never heard safety so, words, but, you know, semantics. I mean, yeah, that, exactly. That's, that's You know, what are these writers? I don't know these writers' personal life, so I don't know how much experience they have with safe words <laughs> or safety words, so I'm not even going to speculate. Yeah, okay. Um, so when it comes to this this interaction between... Angel and Faith. I do think he was getting somewhere, and I'm kind of bummed about the the deleted extension of this conversation between them, where he does address exactly what you've been saying this entire time, Andy. He says something along the line. He says, hold on, I've got it. Um, He says, you and me, Faith, we're a lot alike. And she says, well, you're kind of dead. And he said, like I said, a lot alike. And then he goes on to say, you're not alive. You're just running, afraid to feel, afraid to be touched. She's in somehow fight and flight mode. Mm-hmm. Oh, know? definitely. And um and he sees that. He he mm-hmm. I'm of the opinion that he absolutely would have been able to steer this ship in the right direction, but that is pointed out yes. in I believe it's Sanctuary. That's the episode of Angel where he said I was getting three door, but then some stupid British guy came in and <laughs> and made her tr- not trust anyone. <laughs> I'm not saying he doesn't get through to her a little bit at the end of the conversation, but I think the tactics for me are really flawed. I do not think, I think David's a little wooden in that first scene and, and the use of the words, a taste. Mm. Now she has a taste for it. Like, I just, I'm like, what does that even mean? I have a serious problem with that part of the discussion. And it's an, it was an accidental thing and it doesn't immediately give you a taste for like human death. I mean, obviously, doing what she did to Xander, yes, maybe, slightly. Yeah, I was just going to say that Angel has broken in on her choking the life out of Xander. So Mm -hmm. she is kind of playing with this whole I can take human life thing. And granted, Uh, I think a lot of it is, at, at least at this point, it is she's in shock and she's not dealing with Mm -hmm. her issues and i think she never gets the chance to deal with her issues and maybe if she had she wouldn't have gone down this path but it is kind Mm -hmm. of this whole idea well i i already murdered somebody so i might as well lean into being the bad guy yeah yeah but my problem is that angel angel seems to generalize this and he says he the way the conversation goes he's clearly saying once you kill you now have a taste for killing. And it's like, no. I mean, you may be right with Faith, given what just happened. But 
that worldview that if you kill someone now you're like somehow just fine with killing people. I I I have a serious problem with that. Just and they're going to characterize Faith with this whole taste for killing all the way onto Angel when they work out their shit, you know. And it's mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be a characterization yeah. and mm-hmm. a character trait for her. When I just, I just think it's flawed logic, and I and I think Angel really does care about the situation, and he really does want to understand Faith. But he does it when mm-hmm. she's chained to a wall, and they continue to lecture her instead of talk to her. That is my issue here. Mm-hmm. Xander actually tried to talk to her instead of lecture her. Yeah. And I still feel there's an element here, even though, like, I love Angel's and Faith relationship. I will continue to love Angel and Faith's relationship. So it's not really a matter of that. Again, I think it's just clunky, clunky expositional episode. And Yeah. I think with the way they approach it, I think it's an empathy versus sympathy thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because Xander approaches with, and before I continue, which one's which? It's empathy in general and sympathy if you've experienced no, it. No, the way uh, other way around. Right, right. Xander approaches with, he's, he's empathetic. He's, whereas Angel understands, so he comes with sympathy, and I think that changes the way they approach it. Mm-hmm. I do, uh, as, you know, I'm... Um, I'm with y'all on the taste for it thing, but he did just barge in and are trying to murder someone. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I definitely think that's kind of the main issue with that. So, mm-hmm. uh, this scene is broken up by a quick scene of mayor, the mayor and Trick seeing that the Slayers were there, so they're planning to take him out. Which there's not really a whole lot to say about that. I don't think. No, ex- except that now everyone knows who the players are and what side they're on. That is, yeah. This is, this, finally everything falls into place and the bad guys know who the good guys are and vice versa. So that's, that's about it. Right, but the mayor does say something like, oh, we have to escalate the, you know, and the smartest thing Mm -hmm. here to do, and this is just my supervillain talking, you find the slayers, you take them out, but you make it look like they ran from the crime. You know what I mean? Like they ran away. And so you don't hear from them Mm -hmm. again because they ran away. Mm -hmm. Much like Buffy did, Leo. Like, it's just, it's the best planning here is to take them out really fast. Not a big fighty fight fight. Yeah. Basically kill them, bury the bodies, and make everybody think that they ran away because of the elephant thing. That is the good plan. It's Sunnydale. It's Sunnydale. Nobody's going to pay attention to I'm just to saying that I'm does. a better crime planner than most. That's what I'm pointing <laughs> out here. Okay, well, fine. Yes. Well, we get back into Angel and Faith, Mm -hmm. and it's kind of just a continuation of the last scene. And but I do Mm -hmm. have to point out, oh my god, I hope Evil takes Mastercard is like the worst line ever. (laughs) Yeah, pretty bad. Oh, (sighs) it's so cheesy. Yeah. It's even though like Angel is kind of not doing the best here i do love the start of the angel and faith relationship and Mm -hmm. i like seeing this angel this is more Mm -hmm. getting into angel the series angel because this is a scene where except Mm. for the fact we have a brief little bit between him and buffy this is angel as being written as more than buffy's boy toy which we have not gotten in three seasons of this show because even when he was Ang- Angelus, it was still all about Buffy. This is a scene that is about Angel and Faith. And this is when I like Angel as a character. I like when he deals with anybody but Buffy. Yeah. It's a fair point. 
Well, just t- take her take her off the show. We don't need her. She's Well, I mean, we take Angel <laughs> off the show and then everything's True. all hunky-dory. True. True. I did know one one Is there a ship named Fangle? Is there a ship named Fangle? <laughs> no, at the time these shows were going on, we did not have lie. ship names for this. We Spot, did not know. Spot, it was, was all... the very first one that had a ship name. Now we've named the ships because mm. people love to portmanteau, but we didn't have Fuffy. We didn't have Twillo. You know, Spuffy was the first, mm. maybe in any fan, one of the first major ones where they actually were fans. Mm. The fandom actually ship named it. Yeah, I, I'll have to look I, into I, that. I think it was Buffy. The way I remember it back in the mailing list days, because that's how long ago it was, we were using mailing lists. Uh, when we used to post fanfic and you would have like your characters, like all of your pairings, the way we would do it is we would just have initials. Like it would be like B slash A mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. S slash X. Because God, there was a lot of Spike and Xander. In the good old days. Yeah. And yeah. that was the way that it, that was the way that was it was always put up. Like it was yeah, it was not portmanteaus. So. Yeah, no, I I, mm, I remember that because it was so if you were talking about a ship ship, it would be and this still still holds true, it would be this person with the slash plus this person. And I'm not talking about slash like male male slash as we but just in terms of you can even see it still on AO three. You know, it's Yeah. Oz slash Willow, but when it was a friendship thing it would be like Buffy X, Buffy X, Willow. You know what I mean? Or Buffy at, with the ampersand. So, yeah, no, it, it, we didn't. They we weren't mm-hmm. portmanteau, yeah. and I think one of the very first portmanteaus was Buffy because the community started calling it Buffy pretty early. On. One thing about this scene that caught my attention when Angel's talking about what it's like to take a life to Faith, he talks about how you know the power of that and how you're snuffing out the potential of someone i was reminded strangely of the original conception of the weeping angels on doctor who oh yeah because their whole thing before they just became monster of the week was that what they do is they send you back in time and eat the potential of the life you would have had yeah which i thought was really interesting it's like and like clearly this is like way before stephen moffat you know was gonna write that and it's like huh interesting but this scene ends up very abruptly as almost like with the last scene um because we have the watchers coming in and they take out angel and grab faith i do want to know why the fuck don't the watchers kill angel i mean i know he's got plot armor but like seriously they throw a net (laughs) on him yeah um because yeah. the Watcher's Council is it's, stupid. No. I mean, that's basically where we get every yeah. time with as as we will as we will see as as this abduction of Faith continues. Yes, Ugh. because that is what we get into next, and that's Faith locked up in the back of a, a van, and there's only two Watchers, and one of them is Wesley, so that means there's a Watcher and a half. Um, <laughs> and I'm wondering why the fuck in Sanctuary. They bring in like a watcher wet team, like that are specifically like trained to one. Oh no, they come in in uh, who are you? Yes, because they first abduct yeah, Buffy. Right. Yeah, 
um, mm -hmm. but they they're trained to like abduct people to execute them they have all of their affairs in order so if a situation like happened with faith happens the, you know they don't they're expendable i think at this point they're still just trying to transport her to england to not to kill her i don't think mm -hmm. their intention with taking her to england at this point is to kill her I, I don't believe okay, that I at think, all. I believe that they were entirely... I think Wesley thinks that she's going to England to get help. Yes. I, I believe that I believe that Giles thinks that there's always, like, the, the Watchers, you know, will help out Slayers. Mm -hmm. But based on what we've said previously, based on what I've said previously, how I think that um, the the, the Cruciamatum is about executing Slayers who are getting mm -hmm. too uppity when they get older... Then why the fuck would the Watchers Council lock up a Slayer and actually take the time to get them battle ready when it's a lot easier to execute them and start fresh? Well, because they don't think things through. So assuming that what they sent this person, this single or one or two people they sent this particular time to deal with Faith are along the same vein as who they sent in Who Are You? Begs the question, Wesley capitulates too quickly, but if these are the kind of people who have their affairs in order and they know on these missions they're going to mm -hmm. die, does he just not know about this part of the Watcher's Council? I mean, maybe. Um, no, he must, because actually he brings it up in in Angel when they come mm -hmm. over to to take faith. So he must know by this point because he's not going to be working for them for much longer. No. I think Wesley learns more about the Watcher's Council. I think he's just really damn naive at this point mm -hmm. and actually thinks that they're sending her to England for rehabilitation. Like I on like oh, Wesley yeah. screws mm -hmm. up, but Wesley yeah. is I don't think I don't I think this shows him how bad though this is this first action in Shady Watcher Camp. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm not making the point very well, but... Yeah, no, you don't believe that Wesley had really malicious intent in mm -hmm. this scene, no, which no, I, I agree with. No, I think stupid, but I, I, think, I think the more he knows and the more Giles probably tells him off screen. You know, he starts to distrust the Wasters Council, and by the end of the season, he's helping um, in his yeah. mm -hmm. bad Wesley way, but, I, I, you know... And I think his father hid a lot of what the Watchers Council really was from him. Because we'll see his fake version of his father like seasons and seasons away but i think obviously since wesley is a character that will be a main character over on angel and he's somebody that we will come to like quite a bit we want to believe the best about him of course we will also see on angel that wesley is still even though he's a good person he does do some very questionable things granted a lot of that comes from his trauma but I don't know some arguments. I think Wesley would have done well in the village in Hot Fuzz. You know, uh, a lot of what he does is for the good, for the greater good. Yes. Okay. No, I just yes. watch. That's Hot a crossover. Fuzz, so that's it. Oh, oh! Everyone should watch Hot Fuzz all the time. Often. Yeah. Yeah. And so okay. So my question is. Wesley comes in and says, I am acting on, on behalf of the Watchers Council of England. Are there other Watchers Councils? I don't know. Aren't they honestly? I mean, I'm, cause, cause I, so, so my reasoning, it's like, 
So here's my note, because this just went, I just went, what the, why? And it's like, okay, so that seems odd. Are there other regional watchers councils? How does the one from England have any kind of jurisdiction in the U.S.? And to be entirely circular, if they don't represent, they respect national boundaries, why do they call themselves the Watchers Council of England? I, I know what I know what it is. I know what it is. It's because this is going to be mind-blowing for everybody. There's two Watchers Councils. There's one in England and there's one in France. And the one in England deals with slayers and then the one in France deals with immortals because freaking highlander crossover <laughs> okay yeah okay so i guess the watch was gonna go with England. i was gonna go with one in africa but i like that too yeah see that's the thing i i if they're going to be based anywhere i would have thought africa but well no, they're british people so they're obviously stupid colonizers mm. oh my god thank mm. you because i was like come on someone say colonizers because <laughs> let's be real yay they're not uh, all anyway they're, they're they're either all british or they're all pretending to be british <laughs> <laughs> or they're yeah, all we only, we only yeah. ever see british watchers i mean originally wesley was supposed to be basically is, michael j fox but then is they travers to... english thought he was yep. His, I, his accent is not particularly, not particularly English. English. So, I don't know. I figure they're either all English or they're like that, that guy who was an expert on the royal wedding who's actually from, like, Rhode Island. <laughs> Jersey? But he changed... He, he, he's from, like, Rhode Island and he moved to England. Yeah. He's been an Anglophile since childhood and he changed his name to this weird hyphenated thing. He has multiple names because he's now, like, more English than English people. And it's really <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Like Cordy, he likes a man with two last names. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Yeah. Well, Harris Julian so was born in Los Angeles, and I don't think mm -hmm. he tried to put on that much of a British accent. He just did a stuffy no. person. I think we're meant to believe that Travers is English, <clears throat> but the accent is not. It's unclear. <laughs> yeah. His accent is more like old Hollywood, or at least sort of. 1920s that sort of Malip Lewis it's it's basically thing. erudite American it's 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 mid-Atlantic yeah. which they teach you in drama school mm -hmm. yeah, and sure. I have no doubt that Harris Hewlin went to drama school anyways so the gang briefly discuss faith then Wesley comes in and admits his entire defeat oh. <laughs> but she doesn't really need to because I mean his face just like shows it all with like I, I admire Giles's restraint here because <laughs> I would, I'd be ripping Wesley a whole bunch of new orifices right here. I just, <laughs> I think I read that fanfic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <dang it. laughs> but uh, in this scene, when Buff the the terribly eighty yard line where Buffy says, "Do you still have your ticket back to the mother country?" This is the point where it's like, okay, Giles is Buffy's watcher and Wesley is Faith's because Wesley was just gonna fucking abandon Buffy to go with these other watchers to watch after faith but yeah once they have the oh my god giles is fired just after they have that one moment then they just kind of just pay lip service to it and i mean giles is still a fucking watcher mm -hmm. he's still buffy's watcher and it's oh, yeah. wesley is faith's watcher and they even call this out in sanctuary where 
Faith says, if Giles had been my watcher and you had been Buffy's, would the situation have been like, would Buffy be here instead of me? Would Giles be here instead of you? Or was it always meant to be us? So I do think that, yeah, Wesley is that the Watcher's Council's messed up. And we've talked about it many times before, but. Mm-hmm. And then we get into Buffy going to the docks to find Faith. And is leaving on a boat really the most effective way to get out of Sunnydale? As we've discussed in this episode, Faith isn't actually good at this. Like, being on the run from the law is not Faith's core competency. <laughs> it's it's just c- continuity, bless him. She mentioned the freighters leaving, and that's what she did. Yep. But she mentioned that in this episode, so it's only continuity with this episode. So they mm-hmm. put that in to set up this last yeah. scene where they're fighting at the yeah. docks, which I think the only reason it's in there is so that we can have a fight at the docks. Yeah. You have the set, you might as well use it. It's not, I mean, Angel was going to go out of town from the dock, so there's been a That's setup. That's true, but there's been a prior setup that there are docks. But of course, the whole reason why Angel was going to leave on a boat is because that was the best way for him to avoid sunlight. Mm-hmm. Faith can leave on a bus, she can leave on a plane, because apparently Sunnydale's got an airport, and it was mentioned in this episode. But- right, but she is a person of interest in a murder investigation. So she would get stopped at the airport. So she might get stopped somewhere, whereas just hopping on a freighter, they ain't checking IDs. Fair enough. Okay. And there's, despite everything that has happened in this episode, there's still sexual tension between Buffy and Faith. I think Faith is <sighs> totally in love with Buffy. In those freaking so pants. Good. And Buffy's got another <laughs> cool jacket. I'm not in, in love oh, with yeah. the print. The, the print j- is very that's... 90s, but the fit of it is amazing. It's yeah. Nice jacket. Yeah. And then fighty, fighty, fight, fight. Well, fight. before fighty, fight, fight, when Faith is sort of calling Buffy out about stuff, Buffy starts walking away really fast. Like, she actually agrees with Faith and is trying to get the fuck away from her, rather than actually arguing any of Faith's points. Two words. Season six. Yeah. Hey, well, yeah, but we're not there yet. And a lot of shit's yeah. going to go down between now and then. But the reason I mentioned season six, I mean, certainly like a lot of shit will go down between now and then. We will see that fighting, sex, death, it all kind of intertwined together. It is very much part of who Buffy is. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. I do think Faith is kind of hitting a button for Buffy. Mm-hmm. And that is maybe one of the reasons why she's walking away. Because, I mean, here's my problem with both of them. With everything that is being said through this episode, Faith feeling like being a slayer should give her some sort of pass and Buffy needing some needing there to be some sort of regulation. I actually think it's somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. They they're both they both have good points, they both have bad points. They- oh yeah. I just I just find it odd that Buffy kind of like doesn't even try to argue. She just bails on her whole position. See, I'm fine with it. I think that Buffy realizes she's arguing against a wall. And so why continue to do that when you know that nothing you can do is going to change a mind? Like if I start talking, if someone starts talking like that and that whole, you know, black. But you know, this I- is I'm how like, Faith's you know what, been talking since the beginning of the episode. Right. And Buffy's tried multiple times. Right. To- right. But so, so why did she come here at all? <sighs> I don't know. 
I oh okay bad writing. I don't. And then Trick and his men come and fighty fighty fight fight. But this nothing really of them. This is one of the only times we see Trick fight. That is true. He is usually a manager. He is usually a manager, and the fight this. This is one of those things where I'm like, the stunt matching is pulling me out of this. I mean, we've never actually seen Trick's fighting style, and that's part of it. Mm-hmm. And I I just thought it was a little badly blocked, but, you know, but by Velvet Coat. There, there was nothing spectacular about the scene. Basically, no. the only thing notable about this is that, oh, Mr. Trick. I know. <laughs> Wherever you are, K. Todd Freeman, please come on our podcast. Yes. We'd love to talk to you. We would love to oh talk. Oh, my God. We We'd would- love oh, yeah. to talk to you about your audition. For Spike. Oh, yeah. You just want to talk to him about the jacket. Oh, man. Well, uh, that we would come Mar- up, too. Mahershala Ali is also welcome on the podcast. I know he was never on the <laughs> but I'm just a sucker for people in velvet jackets, apparently. If you have a velvet jacket, you can come on our podcast. True. <laughs> we should maybe tweet at more people to try and get them onto the podcast. That we might should. be fun. I know there aren't a lot of... Um... Of Johnny Depp fans in this podcast, so I don't know if any of you have seen it, but he was in the latest Pirates of the Caribbean movie oh. as Captain Morgan. <laughs> 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 yeah, so uh, okay. but that's the last thing. Uh, I, I find well, this last scene a bunch of hollow platitudes, and I found a lot of this episode a bunch of hollow platitudes, and no, besides the scene with Lil, no real emotional connection. Or, but and Xander, I'll give Xander real emotional content. But yeah. general overall, this episode feels so emotionally hollow to me that I'm not saying this is my the worst episode ever because we know that there are more on my list, right? Yeah. Um, for uh, various reasons, <laughs> but God, I just I realized I don't like this episode very much, and that's what I realized during even and then you got the last scene where Faith finally fully breaks bad. Yeah. What do you think the last straw was for Faith that drove her to the mayor? Oh, that's a really good question. Because the way she leaves Buffy, you feel like there is legitimately a turning point for them. But she sort of bucks the trend. That is not the phrase I'm looking for. But as we know, at the end of the episode, she goes the complete opposite way. She gives in. So what, what was the end? What was it for her? Maybe she just got to the point where it's like, oh, everyone thinks I'm an evil murderer? Fine, I'll be an evil murderer. Yeah. I mean, in-universe, that's the reason for it. But Mm. I think the main thing is it's like we've already had a two-parter devoted to making Faith evil, so we've got to have Faith actually be evil by the end of that. Yeah. Yeah. I will give them credit, little tiny bit of credit that we do at least get a couple of episodes of faith going between the two and Mm -hmm. so we didn't end this episode with faith fully bad and like confronting buffy and being it's like Mm. i'm bad now (laughs) but that's a really small that's like the you tried star (laughs) Mm. yeah yeah so i i i i i'm going to go all film buff here and and question something about the final shot of the door closing uh have any of you seen the searchers gosh no. it's been a long long time but yeah i have seen the searchers well one of the basically the the searchers ends with a closing door shot from the other direction but and it's actually quite significant because the whole story 
I, I will now spoil the searchers for everybody. Pretty old so movie. If you it's don't okay. want to hear. So yeah, it's from yeah. But so John Wayne's character basically spends the movie doing all kinds of things to rescue uh, his. Mm, I think it's his, his niece. niece. It's his niece. His niece from who has been ca- who is captured as a child by the Indians. It's a western, and. He finally finds her and brings her home. But everything he goes through to do that basically alienates him from his entire family. Not explicitly. They don't go, no, we don't want you here anymore. But he's just such a different and arguably traumatized person by the end of the movie that he simply doesn't belong anymore. And the last shot of the film is them closing the door with him outside. And I'm kind of wondering if this this final shot is inspired in any way by by that. I I can totally see it. And Michael Gershman worked on so many great. I mean, he's been around. He was around film and working as like a camera mm-hmm. operator for like a young age. So I'm sure right. he is inspired by. And that was that John Ford. Yes. By that kind of classic John Ford filmmaking. So I don't doubt it. Mm -hmm. It's it's a really good parallel. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Mm -hmm. Other fun trivia fact. Taxi Driver is, to some extent, a remake of The Searchers. Huh. Yep. I need to watch The Searchers again. I think we've reached final thoughts on this episode. And I think... What? Because we're talking about John Ford? Really? (laughs) (laughs) I I think we're all kind of on the same page with this one. Yeah. That... I mean, I don't hate it, but I don't love it. And it is just kind of like getting us where we need to be to the end of the season. Yeah. I'm, I'm back to, yeah, it's another functional episode that is deliberately functional. It just <clears throat> goes out of its way to be functional rather than actually good. Yeah, I, I, Buffy I, and Buffy writers, there's... <sighs> There's such a great overarching emotional tone just through the whole series, you know, and those moments mm-hmm. of introspection and people honestly talking to each other. I mean, they're not always honest, but I think this is like the antithesis of that. Again, mm-hmm. I think the acting's a little off because the dialogue is basically them talking to a wall with no actual empathy or sympathy, except from like Angel and saying, you know, it's just like, I think it's just a badly written episode it's not when i skip because it's part of this whole plot arc but really looking at it i dislike it i don't violently dislike it mm-hmm. i don't violently dislike yeah. it mm-hmm. but i definitely i that th- you know faith is treated so poorly in this show by the writers by the creators by the you know and that i feel so much for her and i know we're not supposed to but i just see this girl that has so much trauma in her background that i i mm-hmm. i find more Again, when I was younger, when I was 23, 24, when this was out, I was not on Buffy's side, but I was just really not into Faith. I thought she was just bad, and I really have revisited that opinion, especially on this watch there. Well, arguably then, the writers succeeded. Yes. Because that's what they wanted you to think. Yeah. But there's more nuance to it that, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a writer of fiction, so I don't know how I would have fixed Mm -hmm. it, but... I, I just think it's clunky. So that's my final thought yeah, on that. Yeah, I guess I'm, I just started wondering. It's like, how much of this is that, how much, how, how much of the stuff we're discussing is just a result of the fact that they're writing 
show for teenagers. So much of it. See, that's the thing. It's like, that's like, that's their conception is we don't have to actually be that mature because our viewers aren't. I think also they keep on changing their mind on things because Mm -hmm. certainly this episode originally was not supposed to happen because originally they were going to kill Faith off. And also in the original draft of this episode, Faith was supposed to have gone much darker. Wesley was supposed to die in this episode. Uh, he, He was supposed to be killed by Faith when she escaped the Watcher custody. So I think they kept on making changes in their original plan and mm. that created holes. And actually, like Wesley dying in this episode, like I'm really glad they didn't because I love what they do with him over on Angel. But if you actually mm. look at him for the rest of the season, mm-hmm. he does Jack Squad. Absolutely. This happens on Buffy, it happens on Angel, and it happens in quite a few Whedonverse properties. Whedon falls in love with an actor. And can't bear to get rid of them. And it does, it creates plot holes sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like he just yeah. cannot bear to part with. I mean, he puts Alexis in so much stuff, you know. And he mm-hmm. and Eliza well, have, yeah. you know. So like, I think part of it is their selfishness, which is, you know, fine. I love both those actors and I didn't want to see them go. So I'm, I'm fine with that. But I think they just get so married to this idea of that sometimes it backfires on them. Had they already planned at this point to do Angel? Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's probably why it happened. They were like, okay, well, he doesn't have a purpose here, but we're definitely going to put him on Angel. They didn't know they were going to bring him over onto Angel because at this point they were planning to do uh, Doyle. Right, didn't. Yeah, and no matter what they say about we were planning to kill off Doyle, they were not planning to do that. They only they did it because of Glen Quinn's unfortunate vices. Um, Not related to this, but there's one way to tell because I didn't know when I watched Angel the first time that he had he had died, and I was like, "What the hell just happened, and why?" Because it was so abrupt and so poorly handled in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was. So a little bit of trivia for this episode. Uh, somebody said last week that they were wondering if Oz's new hair was because he was filming Austin Powers. That's why he wasn't in this episode is because he was off filming Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. <laughs> the second one in That's the Austin the Powers one, right? movies. Yes. That's the yes. second one. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It's Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery, the spy who shagged me, and then Goldfinger. Yeah. Not the gold finger. No. Um, gold Never. member. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and the French title for this episode was Above the Law. Uh, of course, it was actually in French, and I'm not going to try to read it, because even though I'm Canadian, <laughs> my French is atrocious. And the song playing when Willow is crying in the bathroom is Wish We Never Met by Kathleen Wilholt. Can I say that I really wish they'd gotten Christoph Beck to score that instead of using that song? That's fine, (laughs) yeah. Because that song, I felt really intrusive. I was just like... Oh, yeah. uh, That was such a WB thing. Yes. And then it's carried over into the CW. That sort of sad indie Mm -hmm. guitar rock. And then, yeah, it started happening here and definitely on Dawson's Creek that was happening at the same time, so... Yeah. Oh yeah, it's just definitely. And now, and now it just 
very WB. Now it just happens on every show, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since you mentioned Christoph Beck, I just saw Ant-Man and the Wasp, and I did totally cheer when his name came up in the end credits. <laughs> Yay. Go, Christoph. Uh, so next week, I think we will all have a lot of fun, because we're getting double the willow. Because double the fun. We will be reviewing Doppelgangland. Until then, I grr. think she's kind of gay. <laughs> she kind of gay. Or at least bye. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We will talk about that then. Until yes. then. Grr. Arg. Grr to the Argo. Grr. Arg. Grr. Arg. We'd like to thank everyone who downloaded the podcast. And an extra special thanks to everyone who shared liked and subscribed on social media if you'd like your questions or comments read on the show you can contact us on our website return to the hellmouth.com on youtube tumblr and facebook at return to the hellmouth on twitter at hellmouth return or on email at return to the hellmouth at gmail.com we'll be sure to read your comments on the show be sure to rate our show at itunes and stitcher and check out our show merchandise on tpublic and redbubble see you on tuesday Grr, arg.